owning your own business is a lot harder work than I think a lot of people going into it understand. So true. Hi-o, and welcome back to the Wild Business Growth Podcast, presented by Hippo Direct. This is your place to hear from a new entrepreneur or innovator every single Wednesday morning who's unleashing creativity to grow their business. I'm your host, Max Brandstetter, digital marketing dude at Hippo Direct, and you can reach me at max at hippodirect.com for any help with podcasting or digital marketing. This is episode number 52, and we have not one, not two, okay, two. We have two amazing rock star guests, both who own agencies in Cleveland, Ohio, one of them is Carrie Ray, who runs Social Mint, and the other, Patrick Fransco, who runs iMagnet Management. They're both awesome individuals. It was recorded straight out of Chagrin Falls. Cleveland rocks. Let's get to it. Enjoy the show. Alrighty, we are here with a very special Cleveland Agency edition of the Wild Business Growth Podcast. We have two amazing rock stars, superstars, you know, NBA players, MLB. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> we are here with Carrie Ray from Social Mint and Patrick Fransco from iMagnet Management. And Patrick, thank you very much for hosting us in your wonderful office here in Chagrin Falls, Ohio. But thank you guys for coming. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Good, good. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Yes, yes, of course. So this is very cool. So you guys, uh, we were chatting a little bit earlier. You, uh, This is the first time that we've done Wild Business Growth Podcast with two guests that both have their own agencies and are, you know, I'm sure there's some overlap in that we're both in the marketing space and both in sort of the digital space, but you guys have some very different stories. So very excited to talk about that, but kind of all ties back to Cleveland roots here. So We'll do we'll do ladies first. Carrie, you mind starting us off for for anybody, any of the listeners that aren't too familiar with you yet and familiar with Social Mint yet. You mind giving us a little bit about your background, sort of where you came from and how you got started with Social Mint and the really cool repurposing stuff you're doing. I have been a graphic designer for about thirty years. So that's I, it. Yeah, okay. that's it. It's, <laughs> it's just been you know like one little click. It's been a long design ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a creative by um, nature, so there's really no way, no matter what I do, I can re- that I can really get away from it. And not that I really want to, but it was uh, just time to... I, I had a design business a long time ago and had it for quite a while, but then I traveled. I used to live in New York as well. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I ended up helping a friend who's a printer who needed some help and kind of stayed. So I was... I'm, <laughs> I'm, became a designer for him and help him in production and he's going to be retiring not too long from now and it was and I was really itching to kind of start my own business again yeah and I didn't want it to be in design because you get kind of burnt out from that and I had to think about my future and the way I wanted it to be oriented with family and whatnot and so uh, I actually initially started Social Mint as an agency to do social media management Mm. Which the more I research I did and the more reading about the algorithms changing on practically a daily basis, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So I switched gears <laughs> and ended up reading something about repurposing somewhere. And I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. That's exactly it. I can put my creativity to use. And so that's how Social Mint pivoted to where it is currently. 
into wow. content repurposing. Okay, yeah, and, and I know that firsthand as well, how difficult it is with the changing algorithms. I know, Patrick, you know that yeah. as well. It is seemingly on a daily basis here, and so it's it adds another level to it when you're trying to coach people, and the yeah. stuff that you're planning to get to them could literally, you know, the landscape could change in the few weeks <laughs> that they're yeah, rolling out something. So, yeah. so that's crazy. And um, it wasn't creative enough. I really wanted to still be creative. Mm-hmm. So I could, this way I can do it and help people come up with different things and let them put the content wherever they want to put it. Right. I mean, yeah. this will help them give them ideas, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in charge of the management part. Right. Cool. So, so you're focusing on repurposing. So, so yeah. we'll dive into that a little bit more later for as far as the intro goes patrick uh same question for you you mind giving a little bit to about where you came from i know you got some some cleveland roots <laughs> as, as well um, a little bit about your background and then where this this baby of eye magnet management came from sure um well i've always sort of been in and around i guess you could say sales and marketing i i until later in life i never really connected i didn't call it that but i was reminded recently that in grade school, I used to buy the packs of bubble yum gum and break the pack up into individual pieces. So I'd buy the pack for 30 cents, break the pieces up and sell them for 20 cents a piece and take kids' lunch money. So (laughs) even at a very very early age, I was kind of in the sales and figuring out how to market, uh, market that. But spent a little bit of time in the Navy and went to college after that and actually got my degree in economics and uh, decided when the math got crazy at the very end, that that probably was probably not going to make a living as an economist. So uh, <laughs> went back to kind of my sales and marketing and, and um, did that in a corporate environment for a little bit over 20 years. And one of my last um, one of my last assignments as a chief marketing officer for our company was to put together a full 360 marketing plan for our customers and as I presented that to them, they predominantly agreed with that with that plan, but almost to the person, they would say, but who do we call to help us with this? Because mm. we've tried different people and we've been burned before. And, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but it didn't take me long for the light bulb to come off and be like, there's an opportunity here to yeah. create an agency specifically to work with small, primarily we work with small businesses mm-hmm. that need digital marketing help and... That was the foundation of iMagnet, and literally the day that we hung our shingle, if you will, uh, a decent number of those people that I wrote those reports for became clients uh, day one. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, made that step a little bit easier. Yeah, well, that's a nice natural flow then. But your your background, so you've bounced around all over the place then, um, including your time at the Navy, and so you kind of have experienced transitions mm-hmm. a lot. How, how have you been able to do that to kind of bounce from one thing to the, to the next, but still keep your eye on, you know, eventually being an entrepreneur and, and helping out customers and keeping that main focus? I think probably like a lot of people, I don't think I set out with a grand plan of, hey, this is where I'm going to go and here's how I'm going to navigate right. there. This is how I'm going to um, sell bubble gum. Yeah, <laughs> this is how I'm going to sell bubble gum. And then, you know, uh, and then... When the teacher shut me down from that, I had to pivot and figure out the next move. So, uh, yeah. But I think it just was, um, you know, I knew I was not a good student in high school and I, and I graduated early. Uh, I graduated at 17 because I started early. Mm-hmm. I just knew I wasn't ready to go to college. And, and so the Navy kind of came in because I was like, I, I know I didn't want to stay at home and just sort of 
fall into a rut. So I kind of did that, saved money through there. And then and everything has just sort of kind of been like not a grand plan, but kind of a couple steps ahead and just saying this seems like this would be a good, you know, right. good learning experience. And then that led to something else. And so I can't really say that I set out with a grand plan to be where I am today. I just sort yeah. of navigated in the current situation and figured it out as I went. Right. Yeah. So not thinking super far ahead is more of next next two to three years or what's, you know, what's the right opportunity at this time. And so I think that, you know, as far as the transitions, um, I was the youngest kid in my family. So, you know, I kind of, I, I think grew up and, and I grew up in an Italian family. So you just sort of mm-hmm. learn to adapt pretty quickly. Like <laughs> you're getting beat up by your brother and sister and not, not really, but right. you know, you're just yeah. between Fake being beat the young. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I just sort of, I think my personality was always predominantly a, a very optimistic person. And yeah. I just think that my life is, have been able to roll with the changes kind of. Yeah, and we're here at your agency. You mentioned optimism. I mean, you know, I love your bright green branding is everywhere and just kind of has such a positive feel to it. Um, I know, Carrie, you have a lot of really cool branding as well. It's just, it's the very similar along that optimism, that optimistic, that positive feel. So it's, I love how you guys are, are both like that. So I want to dive in more to, to each of your businesses. Um, so we, we can start with Social Mint. And well, in addition to that, you you have another job. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? The not really. so <laughs> not really, but 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 you work on the printing side as well. Yeah. Um, with Graphic Source, so yeah. it's it's amazing in itself that you're able to work in multiple jobs at the same time and still put out as much content as you do and add as much value as you do. How do you balance that? I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> we do drink a lot of coffee, but <laughs> um, it's hard. It's really hard to um, to do all that, mm-hmm. uh, to have a full-time job where you kind of put all of your energy into it. And then when you leave work and you go home, so I would say work at home, mm-hmm. and, and I have to find more energy, which I have for about 10 minutes. And then I have to be on the computer again for another sometimes few mm-hmm. hours. And I'm half the time I'm falling asleep. So yeah. I worked it out where I go in early every day, except for Wednesdays, I work at home on Wednesdays I okay. mean, for my business. So I'm able to have one day during the week where I can work 100% on my business. And then the mm-hmm. rest of the time is nights and weekends. Wow. So it's tough. I will admit that. Yeah. And your your boss, I guess, is, has been supportive and helpful as far as working out that time for you and yeah he he doesn't really um get much into the marketing world at all Mm -hmm. i don't think he's ever read a marketing article not in a bad (laughs) way because he's an incredible businessman yeah but um, (laughs) that's interesting yeah it's kind of on me on that side so that's the other part is i bring a lot of of the print side as Mm -hmm. well to marketing that you can incorporate into into the digital side as well. That's but I couldn't ask for a better boss. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not micromanaged in any way. It's great. So, <laughs> and, and you mentioned finding more energy somehow when you have 10 minutes of energy and everybody knows after a long day what it's like to try to <laughs> get yeah. back get back in the driver's seat and get more done. Well, How, like last night I was working on a proposal till about one. Oh, wow. So sometimes <laughs> that just happens. You just have to, you just have to, Grid it just, out. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Well, Otherwise, it's not going to happen if you don't do it. So how well, is it going to just appear? Well, we appreciate you coming today as opposed to sleeping oh. through it. It would have been totally. You're helping me stay awake. It would have been. The interview's not over. She could still sleep a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 
We'll edit out the part where Carrie is snoring, but we'll. <laughs> but so yeah, it's tough, and you got to pull to find that energy. Um, but it's so the creativity sometimes it's harder. That's I was going to say, yeah. when you're tired, it's you, yeah, you, you being a creative, automated. I think exactly. that would be the tough thing, to be creative yeah. when you're tired. Right. There are a lot of things which I have, I'm trying to put a lot of in my business is systematic, more automatic things that I can, as, as you and I have talked about, and yeah. so that I it allows me to have more time for creativity. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you just can't make it happen. You have to kind of let it happen. That's mm-hmm. the other thing with having it full time is then I could... I'm I'm usually really motivated in the mornings. I'm I tend to stay up late, right. but I love mornings. I'm and the energy comes right. easier. It though. comes really easy. Like once I'm out of bed, I'm awake. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock and roll. And, yeah. But you know. Yeah. Later. Yeah. It's so it's hard in the evenings. I don't get tough. a lot done. Yeah. But speaking of creativity, I'm a huge fan of the name Social Mint. I think oh, it's a creative name you. in itself. That's so nice. How, how did you come up with that? What's the story behind that? Gosh. Um. Where the heck was I? I was with a friend. Uh, we were at Panera talking, but he has a landscaping business and I was helping him with that. Mm-hmm. We were doing a website or something. And that's funny. Like I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm trying to think of how mint came into it. It was something. Somebody had tea or a mojito. Mojito maybe. <laughs> you know what? It might have been something that simple, honestly. I yeah. truly don't remember. And I was sitting here trying to think of something I wanted social to be in the word because it was going to be an agency and you know, I was dealing with that. And I was like, I got to have social, but I want it to be easy. You go through the things that every small, you know, new business goes through. Yeah. It's got to be easy to spell, easy to say, easy to read, you know, without, you know, thinking about it too much. URL. I'm going to have to give that available. a thought. But URL has URLs, to be available. Yeah. Right. You, or you exactly. Just... <laughs> That's the other thing. The URLs everywhere <laughs> on the for podcast. Yeah. You go to iTunes. You check there. You check there. Yeah. So, um, oh, I know. I first started a business called um, Mint Relish. It was all going to be clean, oh. um, clean, about clean eating and healthier oh. aspects to life and sustainability and whatnot. There you go. So you took it yeah. from the previous. And, I, and then I was reminded <laughs> of how much I hate writing. So because it was all going to be a blog. Yeah. And I went, yeah, that's not going to work. So I wanted to keep mint in there. So okay. that was my friend said, you should do social mint. And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's perfect. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were just actually. And you, you, that's you, how it came. Thank you for you, you were chewing on a mint story. right when we sat down. So I think True. it's like a, a thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely it's, it's not a one time thing. Nope. How about you? How about iMagnet? How, um, where, where did that come from? Much more pragmatic approach. <laughs> it wasn't the same exact story yeah. as that. I, know. <laughs> uh, I actually just, you know, my, the philosophy I guess I have of marketing is to not try to force the issue of people. Find out where people are paying attention and put your product and or brand or service in front of them and just attract their eyes to to look at what you're trying to do. So. You know, the the name is, you know, I not I like iPhone, but EYE. And the idea yes. is just, you know, put your product, brand or service in front of somebody and kind of the idea of magnetizing or drawing somebody's eye mm-hmm. to what you're doing. So uh, what much more, you know, I'm not I'm not the, the creative person carries. So to me, it was much more. <laughs> you're very, like you're very humble about it. Magnet, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. I want it to be as, as simple as possible. Yeah. And then there's yeah. going to be some management in there too. So, you yeah, know, of like course. Managed. Yeah. Right. Management. So. Yeah. Always, you know, it's good for the keywords. Get some, yeah. get some business terms in there. And again, but, I can't, even the crazy thing, like Carrie said, we were joking around, but with how mature the internet is now having a URL, like 
having yeah. the ability to find a URL or something that's catchy that's not already taken is getting more and more difficult. So. Yeah, I counted the other saw post. Somebody said, how many URLs do you have? And it was sort of a joke. Right. And I was like, God, how many do I have? Log into GoDaddy. I have 40 <laughs> URLs. I use, oh I think, God. three. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe but it's good, but you never know. Day. But yeah. yeah, but if there's something else that you want to... Well, if all of a sudden I come up with one, I go buy it if it's available. Right. Actually, that's funny you say, and, and you're, you're very familiar with my dad, Greg. We actually, yeah. past Thanksgiving, we all met up. Um, he's our president and founder at Hippo Direct. And he's the same way. I can't tell you. It's, I would say it, it's at least once a month, maybe more, where he'll send an email saying, hey, got these domain names. Oh, that's great. It's the same thing. So, yeah. but it, but it's true because you, I mean, you see, sometimes it's major companies and major tech companies that literally, you know, sometimes they change the spelling of their name not because they think it's cool, but because that's how they get their domain name. Yeah. <laughs> so, I actually just yeah. sold my first URL uh, oh. a few weeks ago. I wasn't trying to sell it. I'd mm-hmm. had people try to buy it over the years, and I kept saying no because I wanted it. Yeah, never did anything with it, <laughs> and. Uh, Anyway, I gave in and I sold it and made some money off it. There you go. And I right. had it. It was it probably be, uh, one of the first URLs I ever bought. Yeah, it's a, it's an incognito. Well, it could be literally incognito on Chrome. Uh, revenue stream. Hidden revenue it stream. Nice little then, revenue. So. Yeah. I was really surprised. So we'll go back to you, Carrie. As far as the things that you're working on now, so I know you're doing a lot of repurposing, um, but you know, over the past several years, like you've, you've helped out clients with a wide range of things. Mm-hmm. What's a, you don't have to do name client's name if you want, but um, what's something that you're working on now that, that you're really passionate about and a really, really exciting project that you're doing? Keeps you keeps you not falling asleep after ten minutes. <laughs> a lot of my jobs are like that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I maybe I'm just used to it. Right. I don't have too many that are I really find very boring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, the one thing with the repurposing that I'm doing now. That's interesting because I haven't been doing it as a business for that long. Mm-hmm. Or every time I do something new, I'm learning something new. Right. So it might take me 10 times longer the first time that I do it, but I'm learning something new that I can apply to the next project and all the ones thereafter. So I don't really find it. And I love, I'm kind of good with the techie stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why I'm constantly in front of a computer. But Right. Um, and there's computers right here. So yeah. So money yeah. where your mouth is. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, it, it very much works for me that I find them interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like the, the repurposing aspect a lot. Oh, you know, me content, too. Content, what's it say on your LinkedIn? Content, yeah. a recreator? A re- yeah, I was trying to actually get away from the word repurposing for a little, yeah. a little bit because... Uh, well, I'll bleep them out when I go back. No, no, it's so. all good because <laughs> when I when I explain to people, they're like, well, what's content repurposing? They think it's just like spring prayer you just keep repeating the stuff over and over and over again which is exactly what it's not yeah and and then i tell them what it does and how much time it can provide for them and how deep it goes into their their quality content that they've already created Mm -hmm. then they're like oh and their eyes get big and they're like yeah that's a really good idea and i was like yeah (laughs) call me (laughs) <laughs> so anyway exactly so, you're hanging at Panera yeah then, but, right more Panera but but it's so important it's, and you yeah. know there's there's been some you know pop popular you know publications and articles about like um, Gary V's content repurposing model or the Gary V content approach the model and how it's just an example of how literally you can have one thing like a podcast for example one thing a podcast or a video show or something and then you yeah. can chomp out you know 
80 different bits of content from that and put it on all different platforms and different lengths and right. posts and all sorts of things. And what it's it, not just the techie, pretty cool right. creative side of it. It's also knowing the marketing side of it yeah. and putting, you know, encouraging A-B testing and doing different titles and mm-hmm. doing the keyword research as to which title might work better than another on all the different platforms, right. so whatever channel it is that they're on or whatever ones that they're using. So there's that aspect of it too mm-hmm. versus being like, cool, what are your colors? You know, <laughs> And let's find a pull quote. Carrie's actually even, I mean, I've talked to her a lot about this as well, as far as even for a lot of our clients that have good content that may be a little bit dated, like not dated, but it's just, it's kind of evergreen content, but it's been 18 months since it was posted. Right. And going back in. Gone in the internet world. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And going back in and saying all that information is still relevant and not mining information that's already there and repurposing it. And, yeah. you know, instead of kind of thinking every every week we've got to, like, come up with something, like, we've got to yeah. create something new, right. figuring out innovative ways, not in a boring way, but innovative ways to bring back stuff that's already been created and yeah. breathe some new life into it. If you which, put all that time into researching something, which if it's quality, you probably mm-hmm. did, you know, or you know a lot about it. It's like there's so many different other places to put it, like Medium or Quora or any of those other yeah. types of websites. And people are like, oh, oh, oh. And they say, you know, they're pulling out a piece of paper and they're writing stuff down. And it's that that part is cool. I really enjoy that. Yeah. And it's like and I think of it kind of an analogy to um, Super Bowl commercials. So when you think of it that way, obviously, it's a huge investment to get out a Super Bowl commercial. But after the brands run their Super Bowl commercial, after the Super Bowl's over, that's not the last you see of those ads. You exactly. see them all the time for yeah. the next year. Sometimes, you know, think of the <laughs> damn Geico Hump Day ad. That thing has been running forever and like they'll take it off or they'll, you know, companies will repurpose yeah. TV ads years later. The same thing uh-huh. can apply to digital yeah. and there's way more pieces of content in that yeah. regard. So I think it's awesome that you've focused on that niche and there's, it's, yeah, I think it's going to be growing and growing um yeah. as as there becomes more and more content so market as everybody becomes it. a media company right right yeah so patrick your business you have a lot of different services as well um you do some stuff with digital you do some stuff with web design you're uh, lots of clients in a wide wide range of industries lots of small business different size businesses where would you say you spend the majority of your time from a from client projects standpoint we're a traditional, as you mentioned, kind of small digital shop. I mean, we kind of do the whole, we don't really get into any traditional marketing, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, the full gamut of uh, digital, the website side of it is, is a part of it that I don't think that when I started the agency, I really anticipated it was going to be as big of a part of what we did because yeah. designing websites wasn't really a passion of mine, but I realized that I, I kind of describe it now as like the hub of a wheel, like everything else that you're doing and digital marketing sort of ties back to the website. So if that's broken, all the other stuff you're doing on the outside mm-hmm. isn't going to work as effectively because the website's broken. So right. we sort of got pulled into the website side of it more out of necessity because if we were working with a client and their website wasn't up to par, we kind of had to fix that first. Yeah. So the website, that that's kind of where we're at with the websites. And we do enjoy that. And, and um we kind of look at that as like the foundation, like everything else builds off that. But we do everything from uh, Google pay-per-click, social media marketing, you know, ad buying, very targeted. A lot of our clients don't have an extremely large budget, so mm-hmm. we really have to be very targeted with how we do ad buys on Facebook and Instagram to yeah. make sure we're only putting the 
content in front of eyes that are the most that have that greatest propensity to actually convert to sales. So right. instead of just putting a big budget at it and throwing it out there mm-hmm. to a lot of people, we're really trying to do very targeted. Uh, you know, create a piece of content with a with an intended audience in mind, and then follow up with an ad right. buy that goes directly to that targeted audience. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, so that's really neat that you, the website thing, you weren't even planning on that, but it just it, it makes sense. You gotta, you know, that's the first thing people see online. It's what you own from a property standpoint online. I not tell on these people that I, I kind of view a website in 2019 as the equivalent of a yellow page ad 30 years ago. Yeah. A lot of people will gauge the credibility of your company based on your website alone. Doesn't mean that your website's going to make the sale. Doesn't mean you should rely on your website. But if your website is is kind of shoddy, I think even if you're the greatest company in the world, if your website's shoddy, they're going to make a judgment about your business based on. So I always tell people yeah. it's, it's not the day of building a website that you like years ago that can convert and do all that stuff for you and you can just sit back and have the leads come in. I think the role of a website now, there's a big credibility aspect to it to where yeah. it's kind of like the guy that had the full page ad and the yellow pages, you assumed he was the best guy, the best plumber <laughs> in town because he has the full page ad. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the plumbers. Yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, it, it's so true. And I th- and it's SEO is always important and will always be important. And we're getting into like voice SEO now, which is a whole nother crazy world. Um, but I agree. It does. Just the website in general does add a level of credibility, but now you there's all these social media platforms and all these different ways that people more often than not find you first. That it's just it's a different world there. As far as your current clients, or maybe it's prospective clients or past ones, what is something that you hear all the time that they're really interested? Well, like what's like the shiny, sexy thing in the marketing or ad buying world that they everybody wants to do right now at the time of this recording? I would say a lot of people are asking right now are asking, starting to ask the question about voice and things like that and how they should be involved in voice. And for a lot of the clients that we work with, it's that we're very early in that. Also to a certain extent, people talk about like, you know, uh, virtual reality and things Mm -hmm. like that. But I think we're still a little bit away, at least for the clients we work with, we're still a little bit away. I think the big thing now is what you had mentioned a second ago with SEO and how it's playing into voice and figuring out how to take the assets that our clients already have and begin evolving those so that they're going to be effective Mm. in 18 months from now, 12 months from now. And I think voice is a big part of that. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of a lot of clients don't have the depth or the time to really dig into it, but they are, you know, a lot of people have an Alexa or something like that in mm-hmm. their home. So they're starting to understand that, you know, there's a growing importance there, but they don't really understand it well enough to know what that is. They just know that they need to be there. So I would say right. that's probably the thing that we talk to people about. That's kind of the hot thing that's not quite here exactly yet, but people are talking about they know it's coming mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you hear stories about i got some friends that have younger siblings or cousins their cousins that have younger cousins and generally the younger kids instead of googling and typing something they're asking siri or they're using their voice to search for things and so it's going to be like we're going to get to the point that texting you know typing for something actually 
using your fingers to <laughs> to search for stuff, which obviously Google, you know, is the king forever. That's going to be outdated when you can literally just talk like this and have stuff pull up for you. So that's that's like a whole new <laughs> whole new world of considerations there. Well, and I think, you know, when you start to think about how companies, how people are going to search for things with voice, uh, I think it really changes the mindset. Like on the web development side of it, uh, it really changes the way that you would want to construct a website and construct SEO. Because yes. if you construct it with what works exactly today with no mind for what is going to be coming in 18 to 24 months, mm -hmm. you're going to be rebuilding the wheel again in 24 months. So you sort of have to... I'm not a big fan of looking way, way out in the future because things change so quickly. But I yeah. do think you have to keep at least one eye out there to be like, I'm not, again, most of my clients are working with relatively fixed budgets. So I can't afford to tell them in two years, hey, you know what? You just spent a bunch of money on 24 months ago. Well, we're just going to throw that in the garbage and start over. I kind of have to work with them from a standpoint of like doing things today that's still going to work for them 24 months from now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We yeah. can evolve it. That makes a lot of sense. And Carrie, I know you uh, as mentioned before, it's amazing how much content you put out and how you know fluent you are in the social media, always changing social media world, especially with you know your time. You're, you're doing so much with your time. What's your outlook? We don't need to go too far in advance, too far in the future, but what's your outlook at the time of this recording from the social media standpoint? Like obviously Instagram's hot. There's different platforms that are hot or different features that are right now. What's like right now at the time of this recording, what is kind of of biggest interest do you think to people in the social media world from a, a business or brand, branding standpoint? That is a good question. Oh, thank I you. Th <laughs> I think, uh, unfortunately, it's not an easy answer because mm -hmm. I think it really depends on the type of business that it is. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, the, the one thing in regards to my content, you've mentioned it, it a couple times is if you were to look at my, my Instagram, Instagram's my main one, Instagram mm -hmm. and LinkedIn are my two main channels. Right. That's where I put all my focus on those yeah. two because that's where my people are. Yeah. Or my audience. That's where my audience is. My <laughs> no, people. you can call them your people. I, your I people. didn't mean like the followers. Yeah. I meant like your homies. my, my <laughs> people in the same businesses as me. <laughs> so, <laughs> your Panera buddies. Yeah. yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my community. Yeah. My people. Oh, you made me do it again. I just said it again. It, I people. think it sounds great. Uh -huh. Um, <laughs> But true. But those Instagram and LinkedIn are, are they're super yeah. hot right now. Like LinkedIn has over the past few years majorly evolved from just kind of like yeah. online resumes and yeah. credibility from a job application yeah. standpoint to a real social yeah. network and content network. So it makes sense that you're and you're on those like that. Um, video. I've been Patrick and I have talked about this about YouTube videos and videos is already huge, but it's just right. going to keep getting bigger. Yeah. And so I am constantly going deep into learning as much about YouTube videos and as, as I possibly can so that mm -hmm. that's more that I can bring to my client, but it helps me understand something that is going forward and how it's growing. Cause something new comes out every time. But for LinkedIn, there was only, I think I read about a hundred people that have the beta live that they can do live right hmm. now because they're yeah. testing, you know, like Goldie Chan. Right. Yeah. It's people. There's very, very few people that have it. And I think they're testing that and they're going to let the, um, the bugs work their way out mm -hmm. for a little bit. 
as long as I hope that people realize it's still a business, that doesn't mean it has to be stuffy, but as, as long as it's kept as a business uh, platform, then I'm ha- I started seeing it going a little by the way of Facebook for a bit there. Yeah. And I started pulling away because I was like, well, if I wanted Facebook, I'd go onto Facebook. So I think in- Instagram is definitely still going to be near the top there. Mm-hmm. I think Facebook is slowly going to be diminishing a little bit, but it's <laughs> by so little that you but wouldn't still- really notice it unless you were looking. Right. Yeah, like and the advertising years, model still is like so mature and developed by now that yeah. it's like they still have, you know, from a business standpoint, they yeah. still you can in the fact that they have Instagram under their yeah. umbrella, it's still like the go to place for advertising on social media. So. Yeah. I don't think there is although there's been businesses that I recommended Google ads over Facebook ads, hmm. depending on because Facebook wasn't where their people are. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes back to them. All goes back their to the people. Their audience wasn't yeah. there. So they were, they, it didn't make sense for them to go into Facebook. It made more sense for the search to be a Google ad. But that was just them. But for the majority, I still think Facebook is probably a But I don't think there's a social channel out right now that will rise above the ones that are already existing in the next year or two. That's a prediction. Mm, yeah. I think they'll, they'll do this leveling out one old right. you know beat out another for a little bit but i don't think there's one currently that will rise to the top in the next year or two yeah. i mean new i don't think there will be a new one a new one that yeah right yeah. yeah i think what you said at the very beginning was spot on to it the real the first question i need to ask is who are your if you're a business marketing to somebody who is your prospective client because exactly for some clients yeah. it may be straight down the road linkedin is the way to go and for some clients it's still facebook and for some clients it might be you know it may be snapchat it may Mm -hmm. there there may be i mean you can't there's no blanket answer right yeah and linkedin and i think so many of us do a lot of work in b2b as well and and b2b on linkedin there's so much great stuff you can do there yeah definitely yeah so but i ended up changing my uh since instagram is my main platform Mm -hmm. my social I got to the point where I was doing that, like I was spending like half of my Sundays arranging and scheduling all of my social content for like the week. And I'd, you know, I'd be trying to batch it out. I mean, right. like serious times. Sometimes if I came up with something, I'd schedule it for months in advance if it popped in wow. my head or yeah. I was able to write it. But it was so time consuming and it wasn't really getting me anywhere. And I said, this is, I had to reevaluate for myself. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily what I'd recommend for everybody else. But even if you looked at my Instagram feed, everything looked branded. Mm-hmm. It, uh, every you could tell it was mine when you saw it as a whole, and I just went, "Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore." <laughs> I did it just let go of it, and it released so much stress for me. And absolutely nothing has changed in my channel by doing that. I mean, nothing negative. Mm-hmm. And I started just putting more energy into relationships with people and yeah. just getting to know people, not in the hopes of business. Even sometimes just being able to talk about business with other people. And if something comes out of it, great. But if not, it doesn't matter. You've met somebody that you can chat mm-hmm. with business about. And that has really benefited me. Spending more time on the real authentic relationships with people and getting to know them than worrying about posting things just because I felt like I was supposed to post. And it was actually kind of going against everything that I'm doing as my business mm-hmm. when I'm talking about so going deep with your that. quality yeah. content and not just posting things to post. I was like, mm-hmm. well, then why am I doing it? <laughs> I've got to stop doing the, this. The depth is the big thing, too, because, I, I mean, you're much better off having a smaller audience that you 
went deep with that you have yeah. relationships with, then I'm a really broad audience and there's very little engagement yeah. just yeah. because you built And I didn't lose number. anybody by making that change. I think it that's also, awesome. not, not anybody. Matter of fact, yeah. sometimes it goes up and I haven't posted for a week. Not, <laughs> not stories. I do stories. Not right. a lot. Mm-hmm. But considering how drastically I changed that, and that works for me, but it wouldn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. It just, the relationship ended up, the relationships ended up working out better for me. I think people on social, especially when you're in the mindset of starting your pages on social and trying to build up your page and following and, you know, credibility, everything that comes with that, people have the tendency to just kind of think of it on the social level as opposed to the real people level. Yeah. And this, I mean, this podcast is an example of this. We've all connected, you know, over Instagram and social media and now we're having real in-person conversation and there's, you know, different ways that businesses can potentially work together and things like that. Like there's... There's always a real per, except for the automated and the bots and all that stuff. <laughs> um, there's a real person on the other end of that. And when you remember that it's real people and these are real, you know, there's value in that network as opposed to, you know, them being just another follower or someone who likes your post, then it can, it can make a huge difference there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have one more question here for both of you before we move on to a different segment. So what is the biggest thing that surprised you since you become an agency owner? Right now, I would say being an entrepreneur is, is a popular thing. People want to, and, and I, you know, I came at it from a different angle. I, I spent over 20 years in a more corporate type of environment um, working for other people. And I am very much the type of person I only really, to a certain extent, I work as hard for other people as I'd work for myself. I was yeah. always a very hard worker, and you know, I like to think that's some of the reasons I attained some of the success I did. But I, I will say that probably even though I thought that throughout my career I worked hard, since I've launched an agency, I, I think I've worked as far as the number of hours and the the challenges and things like that. Owning your own business is a lot harder work than I think a lot of people going into it understand so true (laughs) and uh that was a surprise for me even though i wasn't afraid of hard work obviously from my time in the navy and my time in corporate jobs where i worked hard it's a different level at least if you want to attain some success it's a different level some people that think they're going to be an entrepreneur so they can work 20 hours a week and sit on the beach the rest of it no you may you may be able to put entrepreneur on a business card, but you're probably not going to have a, a successful business. Yeah, that. yeah, unless you're selling like lemon ices at the beach, and that's your yeah, business. There you, but, yeah, <laughs> and that's your level of success. Yeah. What about what about you? What's been surprising, or or I guess it could be also challenging in that regard. Although I had my own business many years ago. It's a completely different world now because everything's so much more digital. I mean, even mm-hmm. that wasn't a big deal. That was how I did everything. I hardly ever spoke to anybody on the phone, but <laughs> it was um, like there weren't social social channels then. I enjoy getting to know people, even if it's only a few people. Yeah. I don't need to be the middle of a party or the center of attention. So <laughs> in starting the business, though, it kind of goes along with what I was just saying a few minutes ago when I pivoted how I was handling my own social media posts is when I stopped doing what I kept hearing we needed to do and what we thought we were supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. I spent more time in the relationships and realized that nothing bad happened. I didn't lose a whole bunch of people. I was like, if I lost anybody, they weren't people that wanted to follow me or get to know me anyway. So it was fine. (laughs) They can do whatever. And half of them seems like sometimes they follow just to get a follow back. And I don't have time for that. So that's, yeah, that trend is not fun. (laughs) No, it's not. 
Um, but I think I found that although it's not super surprising, I still find myself going, huh, okay, I'm glad this is going in this way where switching up the gears of my social media where it's all about social media mm-hmm. and I'm doing it where I'm hardly posting. I mean, I'm posting, but I'm not posting like <laughs> t- as much as I would there, actually like to There's some posts there, yeah. There are, um, and, but I'm amazed at how many people I'm talking to because I'm spending more time in those relationships feel exactly the same way that I do about, because there are a lot of small businesses as well, you mm-hmm. know, about video or I've reached out to a couple of friends of mine who have their own business and I was like, give me some demo content and I'll repurpose <laughs> it for you and yeah. you can tell me what you think and, you know, where I was testing some processes. And they're like, oh, gosh, I don't know. My video's new, blah, blah, blah. Or we go through things like that. And then I end up being this, like, little cheerleader section going, come on, just give it to me, you know. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is they're saying the same thing to me. Yeah. Where I'm going, oh, no, I don't really want to do it. You know, and I, it's this, like, what, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. So I'm finding Everybody. that it's not real surprising. Because other than, I, maybe it's more refreshing that I'm like, gosh, there are still so many people. They don't appear it on the outside that mm-hmm. they're seem insecure in any way about their business. But then when you talk to them, they're like, gosh, so what are you doing? Okay, right. what are you doing? Yeah. Does this work for you? And even people that come across as being very successful and have their act together for their business and doing really well, not that they aren't, but they still have those insecurities. And sometimes that does kind of surprise me. We're like, wow, you really seem like you have it all together. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You're doing so well. And you feel the exact same way I do inside sometimes. And so it's kind of, it's interesting. Well, like uh, we were talking right before we went on and I said, you know, a recent uh, relationship I had is just, it's all about to me creating those, those relationships where you yeah. can have those conversations. It, the more you can have true people that you're, you're friends with and, and business part of your network to where you can just say, how are you doing that? Cause yeah. I've been mm-hmm. doing this and I'm not having yeah. a lot of success. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, they may have tried something. To me, the more you can foster that. And again, the old adage, people do business with people is still true today. I mean, I think we get lost in that with the digital world and things like that. But ultimately, I think it comes down to it's still, I mean, all of us, like you said, we met digitally, but then it ended up becoming like, you know, having coffee or something like that. Yeah. And that goes right into the no like trust factor. Yeah. Which is still, it's it's a little cliche to say it now, but it's yeah. still so true. <laughs> it right? is. And I, and I, I still remember uh, when Carrie and I met, I was literally, it was an Instagram hashtag. I forget what hashtag it was, but it was actually, it might have been the direct mail hashtag. It was something because I think it yeah. might have been tied to your printing role as well. Yeah, it was the direct and mail. And I saw the locate in, you know, and I'm based in New York, but, you know, grew up, born and raised in Cleveland and uh, love Cleveland and, and, and Solon was actually my hometown. And I saw that. The location for one of your posts, and I didn't know you at the time, was still in Ohio. And I just stumbled on this in a hashtag, <laughs> and I never heard of the business before. And I was like, oh, my God, still in Ohio. Yeah. Um, and so we exchanged DMs, and you know, next several months after that, we met in person, Thanksgiving, yeah. and, and here we are today. So it's just, you, you never know, even an innocent hashtag, you never know what that can turn into. So that's... That exactly. part is very like cool. Like Chagrin Falls. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you guys both have the Chagrin Falls. Thing. That's how we met. That's true. Through Chagrin Falls hashtag. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I DM'd Carrie and said, hey, you want to grab coffee? We're both yeah. agencies. We're both yeah. Yeah. local. And let's just, again, to me, it's right. kind of, you know, it's to me, it's having more people like relationships like with Carrie to where it's like we can bounce ideas off of each other. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. a big believer in 
none of us have a monopoly on good ideas. I mean, the Absolutely, more people yeah. you can surround yourself with, yeah. the better your ideas are going to be. Yeah. The better, the and better. we work together, even. Mm-hmm. And it's it's nice because it's we're close and we yeah. can actually meet in person and talk. And, yeah. and obviously, hashtag, you know, if people didn't think hashtags were important enough. Now, it's, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> there, there's more than meets the eye with hashtags. So, yeah. so <laughs> that's incredible. Hey, wild listeners. Have you been wanting to start a podcast for yourself or your business, but didn't know where to start? Or do you have a podcast of your own, but you're struggling with the time commitment? I'd love to help. Shoot me an email at max at hippodirect.com with any podcasting questions you have. I'm also happy to jump on a 30-minute call where we can discuss your idea, planning, production, promotion, and other elements of the podcasting world. Let your podcast run wild. Let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, I want to do a little segment on inspiration and creativity. So for you guys, think about what keeps you creative, what keeps you inspired. So Patrick, we'll start with you just in general. What do you do to stay creative? I mean, I think there's probably a couple different things. I actually do consume a lot of, whether it's books, podcasts, things like that. Mm -hmm. I try to listen to a lot of other people's, you know, commentary with regard to, like I said, whether it's a podcast or a book and just sort of really absorb what they're saying and, and then let that sort of. I don't take everything in, but it's just like when you get a lot of ideas and then you sort of distill it down to, okay, what's my position on that and what do I think about that? And it just forces me to sometimes, and I tend to, I kind of tend to listen to voices that I know are going to be contrarian to my own. Specifically, (laughs) like I seek out voices that are going to tell me that what I think is wrong because it forces Mm -hmm. me to sort of challenge yeah. my own thoughts. See, so you look for that devil's advocate. <laughs> I do. In fact, even with the news I watch when I have a chance to watch news at night, I always watch, rather than watch news that's going to tell me what I want to hear, I watch the news that is going to get me a little bit ticked off and be like, I can't believe oh, that's what they said because I want, I want to be challenged. <laughs> yeah. That's and it allows me to kind of refine my yeah. own beliefs to be like, you know, anything that's worth believing in should be able to stand up to critique. Yeah. So to me, it's to like, you know, if, if you ever get to, so I don't know if this is a roundabout way to answer your question. <laughs> I want to challenge. Round table roundabout. Um, yeah. I want to challenge what I, you know, what I think and mm-hmm. the, the way we're doing things as a company, you know, all aspects of my life. I want to challenge those things and say, just because I've been doing it that way doesn't mean that's the way I should do it tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. always be willing to be like, hey, that doesn't mean just because that's how we, I, I mean, I never want to go. I never want the words to come out of my mouth. Well, that's how we've always done it. I mean, oh, that's yeah. when I know yeah. I'm on the I wrong path. Yeah, you got to pivot, pivot, pivot again. Yeah. 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 Any names? You know, it could be big names in the space, or whose content do you really like to consume right now and gets you fired up in in the business space? I've actually, I'll, I'll answer one that's kind of a, an easy layup, and everybody will be. Like, well, that's an easy one, but yeah. I've, I've definitely been influenced uh, over the years from Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, oh, that's an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you asked for it. I was fortunate yeah. to, to meet Gary for the first time, not long after he was getting out of the wine thing and starting this thing. And just have consumed his content. I sort of kind of go on and off where I'll listen to it for a while and then I sort of don't listen to it as much. Yeah. And I've actually, so I would say that's one that would be kind of currently where everybody's sort of listening to him. But I've actually, one that I listened to years ago that I've kind of went back to is, uh, if you're familiar with uh, Stephen Covey, 
uh, and the seven habits of highly effective people mm. and some things like yeah. that. And going back to some old school things that I've read and kind of yeah. and, and realizing that some of that content is evergreen. It's just because it was written. There you go. Yeah. Some, <laughs> yeah. Some, just because it was written here. 30 years ago. Dale Carnegie book. Yeah, you I know, mean, how to win friends, and, win friends, and influence people. That's mm-hmm. a great book Another as one. well. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, so I found uh, for me, it's just a, it's a mix of trying to. Again, I'm always looking for new podcasts to at least try out too, to just mm-hmm. listen to them. And you know, when I have time, I like to listen to Tim Ferriss's podcast. Yeah. But sometimes I don't it's have an hour amazing. and a half. Right. Yeah. His, <laughs> I found his, well, I, when I first started listening to his, it was right before I was about to get on a flight. And I realized that's the perfect time to listen. If you're not reading, so I'll do this crazy thing sometimes where I'm listening to a podcast and I'm reading at the same time, but it's, it's a lot. <laughs> anyway, um, it's much easier to just listen to a podcast. And yeah. those super long ones are awesome for that. But he, he has some that are under two hours too. But he's, uh, yeah, he's definitely been a, a weekly, at least, staple for me as yeah. well. How about. You let's go back to initial question, Carrie. What do you do to stay creative besides somehow keeping yourself awake after those ten minutes wear off of energy? <laughs> uh, actually, I I don't have to work to be creative necessarily. It's more the motivation, I guess, to do it. It's not that. I don't really seek out different ways to help my creativity. Mm-hmm. I might have many years ago where I was just looking for maybe, you know, you look at an art book or something like that to yeah. kind of shift the way I was thinking. Or if I was sometimes when they show you something, then you have that in your head. So, so oftentimes I try not to look at anything anybody's already done so that everything that comes yeah. in my head is completely my own. Mm-hmm. It goes um, back to what you're saying about your own business in a way. Yeah. yeah. So I think now... To answer more the inspiration question, I love talking about business. I love hearing (laughs) what other people are doing. And it's kind of what you were saying um, about how you like hearing the contrarian side of things. Mm -hmm. I'm not really a glutton for punishment in that aspect of other ways that I torture myself. (laughs) But to me, I was like, oh my gosh, you would want to go to bed all stressed out. But uh, I I get that though, but it's not I stress, get it. Though. Like, no, it would totally stress me out. Uh, it, that would be like, oh my god. Maybe that depends on the person. Pro- yeah, oh, probably my, my favorite yeah. professor in college, economics <laughs> professor, was somebody that I adamantly almost disagree with every single economic principle, yeah. like theory That's that so they have. Funny. I'm 180 degrees opposite, yeah. but her and I are close to this day, 25 yeah. years later, yeah. because yeah. it's, it's like we each respect each other's opinion. And to me, the, yeah. the important yeah. thing is. I have to, even if I totally disagree with you, if I feel like there's there's an interest that I have in saying, Carrie's a smart person and she believes this, which is totally separate from me. But because I acknowledge the fact that she's smart, I want to understand why she believes that. I mean, she's not, she doesn't believe that because she's just not intelligent. So to me, there's an intrigue in my mind to say, what am I missing? Right. Because oh, I to, feel exactly I the same way. I want to see things through your eyes. Right. Because almost everything I read and almost everything that I listen to right now is all business. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to anything for fun. 
Um, mm. Not because I don't want to, but I actually enjoy listening to the business things. And, yeah. and I can't say that, oh my gosh, this person is somebody that I always follow because it depends on where I am in my business and what I'm looking for, that I'm completely mm-hmm. inspired. And I might just sit there like on that Wednesday that I have the whole the whole day that I can concentrate. And so in the mornings, that's why I, I never can meet in the morning because that is my power time. <laughs> that is my time when I wake up and I have my coffee and I'm sitting there and I'm going through, I have a couple things in my mind that I want to look at or maybe listen to a specific mm-hmm. podcast or research a little something. And I try not to let myself get too deep into it, like that rabbit hole, because God knows that can go on. You get to YouTube and <laughs> like five hours later, you're like, yeah, oh, like- that's how you brush your hair, you know, study, yeah, things like that. It's like the Wikipedia rabbit hole, same <laughs> yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, the Wikipedia one, yeah. Or click, IMDb. Click, 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 click. <laughs> um, and so that actually inspires me a lot, and my brain just explodes with ideas. So... <laughs> I can't even write them down fast enough half the time. And and I do have to write it down because it's a lot faster than everything else for me. Yeah. But so that actually kind of probably ties into the creativity, but the creative side is more natural for me. So I don't mm-hmm. have to work at that quite so much. Um, it's more the having like the energy to do it. Yeah. But the other listening to the different podcasts or reading the different books and whoever's inspiring me. Like I went to social media marketing yeah. world this year and um, some of the keynotes, I'm, I'm practically getting goosebumps thinking about a couple of the keynotes. I think you are, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I listened to it and I was like, oh, my, I almost couldn't wait to leave so I could go like write everything down yeah. because I wouldn't let myself do that like right while I was in there because I wanted to be 100% in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I get that. It was fantastic. Yeah. So that's kind of <laughs> what I do. The, the note thing, I think is funny because, you yeah. know, I'm struggling to keep up with all the ideas here, writing notes as well. Yeah. So it's the same, yeah. it's the same sort of thing. I have thing, a lot but... of post-its. Yeah. yeah. They're great. We're here at Patrick's agency and he literally has what, five, at least five post-its hanging yeah. from one of his computer monitors as yeah. we speak. So Two big monitors, yeah. one of them's covered with post-its <laughs> and, then, and a laptop in the middle. You know? So before we move on here, just it could be your favorite all time or just the first one that comes to mind. I'd love to hear your favorite book and favorite podcast, of course, in addition to this one. <laughs> Are there other podcasts other than this one? Oh, this is the most you're, you're eclipses kind. them all. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I couldn't pick a favorite podcast. Okay. It, I, I guess it's just this one. So thank you. I thank listen, you, Gary. Yes. You're welcome. Um, I would say okay, that I go through phases. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good thing that CastBox, the free version, only lets you have, I think, 30. Okay. Because I'd have hundreds in there <laughs> if I could. So I'm forced to go through and take out the ones that I haven't listened to for oh, a while. Wow. And I went, you know what? That's okay because it ends up coming back eventually. Hmm. And that's totally fine. So about, I, I couldn't say I have a, a favorite. Okay. How about from a book standpoint? You mentioned the one earlier, but um, something else that really caught your eye. Chris Ducker's uh, Upreneur. I can't remember the full title. Um, we'll include it in the show notes. Yeah. Upreneur, I think. That's pretty good. And I saw him so- speak at Social Media Marketing World, and he mentioned a lot of the things in the book. So I was mm. on the plane reading the book. Pieces. That's make, cool. I have, it's all 
you know, dog-eared and I've got post-its yeah. and markers and <laughs> highlighters and all this like stuff out. It, it's, it looks like a little notebook. And then I saw him and I was like this like giddy little schoolgirl sitting on the side just wanting <laughs> to like get a picture. And I was like, oh my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> Wait, what were you like? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I know. But that's so cool. It's right so after it was you cool meet though, person. Yeah. 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 So okay. it was um, Pat Flynn is yeah. a... Is a he's, big favorite. He's a yeah. Yeah, he's, he's pretty an amazing. Incredible person. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very inspired by him and the things that he does and the way he is with his family mm-hmm. and his. And now he's invented the things. switch, but now he's yeah. inventing. Did you get one? Products? No, I have not. I got mine. It'll be coming in August. Well, oh, I mean, I awesome. ordered it. Yeah, it's I'm pre-ordered. so excited. Yeah, but it's cool. It's cool as well when people that obviously he he had a business beforehand and, and oh, you know before he lots, became yeah. so big in the content world or i guess yeah. it was kind of hand in hand with him but um it's really cool when people that are just known so well on in the online world and the audio world are releasing physical products that was as well and that Absolutely. i mean his kickstarter was like it <laughs> blasted off like so quickly it was crazy it, it was well, crazy between him and caleb and, i mean they were just talking right, about people that really knew what the, they were doing as far as marketing goes do you know yeah. how i came across Peplin huh. actually Hmm. How he started, if you ever listen to his story and how he started his business, he was an architect. Yeah. And he got, but um, when he was studying for uh, LEED, do you know what LEED is? Yeah, L-E-E-D. Yeah. Well, I was looking to study for the LEED, I think it's called LEED GN, which is the Green Sustainability. Yeah. I told you I was a green building nerd, you know, just sustainability I was looking into taking it and I was doing just a Google search and tripped on this guy, this they were. I was talking about the lead thing, and I was like, "Oh, that's really interesting." And of course, I went down a rabbit hole. Five hundred <laughs> clicks later, I was like, "Pathlet, what, what, what is all this stuff?" And yeah. and I don't think I looked back. Wow. Uh, okay. So you you met. I mean, nowadays I feel like so many people know him because he's so big in the podcasting, and the social media space, stuff. and speaking and stuff. It was but, all old. It wasn't like that yeah, long but ago. That's that's but how he was built up at the start. So that yeah, that's really it was cool. Pretty funny. I was like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, that's actually how I found him." Yeah, a very sustainable way to find. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, <laughs> let's get to a fan favorite segment here this is the wild business shout out of the week the wild business shout out of the week (laughs) wild business shout of the week this is where we talk about recent ad or campaign this is actually going to be wild business shout outs of the week since we got both of you guys here so recent ad or campaign that caught our attention Earlier, Patrick, you were talking about pizza because, of course, we're very hungry. So, exactly. <laughs> um, can you just walk us through quickly your example that caught your eye? Uh, I had said it wasn't really a campaign, but just an admiration of how Domino's has really utilized the current landscape of digital, uh, you know, the digital landscape to optimize their business, making it and really understanding who their customers are, the platforms they're spending time on, and how they want to interact with a company, and being willing to break the mold of how they've done it and really embrace, you know, there was nobody that was going before them that was really showing them the way. They were really, you know, uh, pioneering it. So just watching what Domino's has done over the course of the last couple of years and how they've taken something you know, like a commodity, like a pizza and really yeah. uh, utilize the digital landscape to really actually revolutionize their business. And I think mm-hmm. right now there's not even another like national chain that I think is even that I would even put close to them because they were so quick to jump and embrace mm-hmm. that. So. Yeah, they're very, very techy, as you said, or tech savvy. Yeah. Um, and I think they I mean, they're always coming up with new, you know, 
quote unquote sexy campaigns or new sort of techie gadgets and things to add to their app. And that's, that's pretty cool in the, in the digital world. But they also, if you remember back, and I think back to like when I was in, in school and there was Domino's day, which was exciting for kids. Cause it was like pizza that day. I'm thinking, right. This is like elementary school. It was Domino's day, like maybe once a month. And some people got excited for that since it was pizza. But I felt like as I was growing up and people, uh, and my friends, you know, we, as we were growing up, people kind of shied away from Domino's because people were like, you know, the pizza's not actually that good. Like yeah. other people had better pizza. And somehow, maybe maybe this was widespread, so Domino's clearly received that feedback because I remember they ran campaigns, and this is several years ago at this point now, but they ran campaigns that were saying, hey, we heard you guys, our pizza, our quality is not consistent, it's not that good. And we've made changes. So, you know, we've, we've made a point to be better with our actual, with pizza, which is obviously what they sell. It's what, it's what they are. And I think that reflects very positively as a brand is like, they were like, basically, Hey, yeah. Okay. Our, our pizza has sucked and we're here to fix that. We got your guys back. We're not going to just, you know, go away and die. We're going to make it better for you. So, so it's, I think that the quality of the product, whatever you're marketing, I think a lot of people think that there's a magic bullet with regard to marketing. Like if you use a certain platform, you use a certain, Mm -hmm. you know, you find the right way to manipulate the algorithm, whatever. But at the core to what you were saying is the product, whatever your product is, it's got to be good or it it, it only is going to survive for so long. So I think what they've done is not only listen to feedback and improve their product, but then also in the process of probably listening to that feedback have really transformed their whole company to say, we're going to listen to our customers and we're going to give them what they want, the way they want it, on the platforms they want to use. Yeah. And so I think that listening, and maybe went back to when they were listening about the quality of the pizza, but they've really taken that internally. It seems like throughout their company, they're like really listening to the way people want to interact right. with their brand. Yeah, it's the behaviors of how people are interacting online and, yeah. and offline. Uh, and naturally, of course, what goes with pizza is beer. And of so course. we are going to talk about beer. Budweiser here. Carrie, what's your example that you want to talk about for Wild Business Shout of the Week? I wanted to mention the Dwayne Wade commercial where he was collecting jerseys and it ended up being a Budweiser commercial. I think the first time go. I saw it, I didn't <laughs> even know whose commercial it was. I mm-hmm. heard the buzz, saw it, cried, and thought this is Truly an amazing commercial. It didn't even seem like a commercial to me, which made it even more impactful. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't them talking about the product. Actually, they didn't talk about the product at all in there, which (laughs) makes it even more amazing. Mm -hmm. That's why it's like that could have really been brought on by anybody. Yeah. But it was they reached out to people emotionally and had real people in there, not just actors, Mm -hmm. um, closing with his mom. You know, they weren't shying away from her past and whatnot. And I thought that was so incredibly strong. And and even him going into it, and they just talked a little bit about his character of wanting to save jerseys from his friends from every game and creating – this thing saying he wanted to remember and have this, you know, emotional connection to it. I was like, that's amazing. So it's like the commercial just kept building on itself. Yeah. And, or the story. It's mm-hmm. hard to call it a commercial. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you look at the end and go, oh, that was by Budweiser? Wow, Budweiser gets me right here. <laughs> and it's crazy to think how short that piece was. Yeah. But good stories don't have to be 
long. I mean, that was like not, you know, it just showed you how in a very brief amount of time you could really tell a story that really, I think most people that watch that commercial, it wasn't about, like you said, it wasn't about the beer or anything like that. It just really connected with people. I mean, and they could relate to it, but since they had real people in there with different stories, even though you only heard snippets of the stories, that was enough. Mm hmm. It's amazing whenever a brand does something or an agency, you know, the agents behind it does something that literally gives you chills and or brings you to tears. It like the emotion, like it's that compelling that it does that. Yeah. And sometimes it's in just a few minute window or, or less like that. I'm surprised there's not like more like a terminology for that, like like a chills factor, you know, like yeah. a, get to that level that people it gives them goosebumps because that's really, yeah. you know, talk about marketing from from an emotion standpoint from a feeling standpoint that's really what you strive for but to your point the fact that you didn't even know it was a Budweiser commercial until the end and maybe not even the first time you watched it like that they nailed it because your brain shouldn't be up front and that it's 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 one of the few commercials I think I've ever looked for just to watch again (laughs) even though because it didn't seem like a commercial to me it was just like this amazing little piece of wow that's powerful that's powerful. <laughs> so, 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 so we only got a little. Obviously, our creative verbal energy is dying. <laughs> so we only got a, on that note. So we only got a little bit of time left. I'd love to wrap up with some rapid fire Q and A. You guys ready for it? Yeah, okay. We're ready. Bring it. All right, let's get wild. Very wild. This is gonna be <laughs> very rapid fire now. But in this one, I'm not gonna say which one you guys go first. Just shout it out. Okay. Um, and we'll see how that goes. We shout everything out at the same time. Yeah. Then we'll have to change it, obviously. But um, <laughs> just first thing that comes to mind, what is your favorite restaurant in Cleveland? Mama Santa's in Little Italy. There you go. There you go. I was about to say, don't shout them all out at once now. Well, I, had, I had a couple pop in my head and I was trying to decide a townhouse. You could be two. Townhouse. Yeah. Where's, where's that? What? It's. I think it's... Um, Ohio City Way. I just know how to get there, but I'm not exactly because sure. some of those little areas are so close to each other. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure which okay. one is which. Yeah, Ohio. We'll call it Ohio oh, it's City. Amazing. Okay. You said you had another one. Um, we'll go with that. Yeah. Townhouse but it is. Okay. Check. Town. Favorite movie of all time. Dead Poet Society. Interesting. A movie called Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Singing in the Rain. Hmm? It's actually one of my. All-time favorite. It's definitely top two. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? I got a good one, but I'll let you go first. No, you go first. first. Well, this is actually <laughs> ties into the conversation. My yeah. biggest pet peeve, we were talking about LinkedIn, is when people send you a friend request on LinkedIn, and literally within 30 seconds of you accepting the friend request, yeah. you have a message from them yep. totally spamming you. I'm like... Yeah. Do you not do you that. in 2019? Do you totally not get? Yeah. What you know? What or this even is sending the intro where there's a spot for a note. Leave a three word note or right. something. Right. They don't say anything. They yeah. don't say I anything. Just, I usually ignore those if they don't have a note. I just yeah. uh, most of that's them, unless I know. No, as soon as I accept a friend request, and then all of a sudden my my direct message lights up, and it's them yeah. with the pre-programmed thing. That's that's a real yeah. Copy. Yeah. It's a it's yeah. a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or blue that, flag on LinkedIn. That's a what that's up? a good one. How about um, you? <laughs> I had thought of a few of them uh, as as you were saying that, and they all surrounded around phones and tablets for some reason. So I don't know why. I don't know where that's coming from. But yeah. 
It drives me crazy when parents let their kids play on their phone or on a tablet in public and all you're hearing is that uh, ding, 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 ding in the yeah. little yeah. kid music and like, stuff. Like, like at restaurants? Loud. Like at Anywhere. restaurants or like a, it doesn't, yeah. If it's in public, that music will drive you to drink. It's just, it's, <laughs> Hence the Budweiser commercial. It's like yeah. if there's <laughs> ways of doing it or finding something else, you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't have to have that drive. Maybe that should be the next Budweiser Could be. Oh yeah. my gosh, so It gives true. me chills just thinking about it. They'll yeah. know exactly what it doesn't even matter. But here it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's... Yeah, that that, that that's a good one. Crazy. It's yeah, and I get I mean, when or someone, when people call you and you're like, "Hello," and they're actually talking to somebody else, and you're like, "Hello, yeah. hello," <laughs> and you're like, "You called me." Right? Yeah, we're yeah we're on the record here. Yeah, um, yeah. we're we're live here. What about favorite food of all time? Like a food that literally you could eat if it was the only thing you could eat for the rest of your life. Burger. Burger. Any particular type? Or just burger in general. Like toppings. A good burger. Good burger. Good burger? Yeah. Came in a kill? Yeah. No, like the kind that where the meat... Because <laughs> yeah. I don't need the bun. That's mm-hmm. just too filling. I like when the meat is so good it can stand on its own. I mean, not just beef. Like, not just regular old... I mean, it's just... Some of it's just got different flavor to it. There's a couple of restaurants yeah. in town that do that. And they just... Oh, they're so good. I'm, I'm literally drooling as we're talking about it. <laughs> you're drooling. You're crying. You're drooling. I know. I'm so <laughs> emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Time for that bug <laughs> <laughs> <about>, Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> how about so uh, no 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 uh if 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 health is not an issue No 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 uh, this this open yeah. slate, you know. Uh, any, oh right, any, I threw that out the window yeah, with the burger. Yeah, I was well, like I couldn't uh, eat it all the time. You the bun away. I would so love what you to. call that I call uh, liberated. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fried chicken. You're welcome. For sure. Good yeah. fried chicken. Uh, yeah. I would, uh, you know. Like Kentucky fried chicken or like homemade homemade fried chicken cuz some people like one or well, the Kentucky other way fried more. chicken hasn't been good since they changed the oil. You know, the, when oh. it was really unhealthy for you, that's when it was oh. good. It, it <laughs> you know, that's what my dad back. likes. He yeah. likes the old version of it. Yeah, so. I, yeah. Can't look at that's it. good. I'm, that's I'm, I'm starving now. Now you're really um, hungry. Okay, and then this just one word answer. First, it could be multiple words, I guess. Favorite band or artist of all time? Who comes to mind? Queen. Oh. Queen. The Smiths. Jonah? The Smiths. Oh, Smiths were good. Yeah. Yeah. Queen and the Smiths. Collab. Queen probably popped in my head because I heard it today on the radio on oh, the way yeah? home. What song was it? I think it was Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, you know, it's a good okay. one, you know, where you're singing in the it's car. It's a great era all, for Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah, the movie. You're, you're all <laughs> embarrassed because somebody's driving past you right. and you're like yeah. belting out a tune sounding horrible. You got it. That was yeah. you got us. But it, you but, got it, right? You to, yeah. I know. I feel bad if anybody's in the car with me. Right. Yeah. But at least no one saw you um, and no one knows about it until you share it on a podcast. So <laughs> just mess it with you. That's amazing. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been incredible. Thank Carrie, Patrick, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Patrick, for literally having us. And uh, before we sign off here, where is the best place for people to connect with you and your business? Uh, <laughs> you guys are too nice. For anybody <laughs> can't see, they're literally offering each other to go first. So uh, so we might never wrap up because it's just going to be, no, you go, no, you go. <laughs> no. Uh, Carrie, you can go first. You can go to my website, socialmintcontent.com. There you go. Bam. And find That's everything the easiest, else from there. Easiest way. All right. Um, and you can reach me. Um, uh, it's Patrick Fransco. Uh, no K on the end of Patrick. I'm um, on all the social channels and 
iMagnet Management, spelled like the I-E-Y-E. Uh, you can find me online there as well. Perfect. And there's no K in iMagnet either. No I'm K in iMagnet. <laughs> I tried to put one Just in confirming. There, right? I'm, I'm curious, actually, that says, I, I noticed your name was spelled like that. Is there a story behind it? or is There is, actually. Uh, my <laughs> grandfather, uh, his middle name was Patrick, and they actually left the K off as an accident at the hospital. Oh, no way. <laughs> uh, that got passed down to my father so they kept the k off it got passed down to me and now my son's uh, middle name is patrick with no k as well so that's one really lady cool. slip up at cool. the hospital generations yeah. ago has carried on that's a good <laughs> that's really story. cool like that. thank you for sharing it yeah. all right last thing here final thoughts is there just a final quote or final thought you have you can go first patrick wrap us up here um stage is stage is yours my final thought is just for people to I, I guess it'd be two small things. One is to try to remain optimistic. We live in a world where I think people like to look at the bad side of things. And I tend to be uh, somebody that really feels like there's a whole lot more good that's going on than bad. And, and focusing on those things is rather than the negatives. And two, uh, I would just say to be willing to embrace change. I mean, one thing we can be sure of, the only thing we can be sure of is the uncertainty of what's tomorrow. So just be mm-hmm. willing to embrace the fact that things are going to change and, and just figuring out how to do that. Those, those are the two things I try to, you know, as my kids get a little bit older, try mm-hmm. to instill in them and, and other people I talk to. Because you could easily get really frustrated every single day with not only things changing, but just you know, all the negativity that, you know, is surrounding us. And yeah, absolutely. So. And you carry quote thoughts, whatever you want. Well, and going with the business theme. Oh, okay. I know. It's, a, it's a wild hippo thought. Wild. <laughs> Those are the best kind of thoughts. <laughs> As you said that, and, and Patrick was answering, the first thing that came to my mind was um, the quote on persistence. And that is something my dad printed out and gave to me many, many, many years ago. I wish I could remember when he gave it to me. I was probably like a kid, like 10 or something. And I laminated it it with tape because, you know, I didn't have anything else. (laughs) I had tape all over it. And I still carry that around with me. Um, Mm. And in going along with the business theme, if you want to be successful in whatever that means for you, that you need to be persistent. And I think in today's day and age, it's so easy to get overwhelmed and feel very small, especially when we're first starting out. And to know that many people feel the same way that we do mm-hmm. with the imposter syndrome or that we don't know anything yet or we're too insecure in all of our little different ways is to just be you and authentic and work to develop real relationships with people, not just all about business, but get mm-hmm. to know people for who they are, not just for work stuff. And just keep working at it and just keep doing it. And right when you get to know something, do it even more. You just keep working harder and you're going to get there. That was the first thing I thought of when you said that. Absolutely. Well, spot on. You know that. Well, thank you guys again. You're living proof that Cleveland rocks. Thank you. Thank you. The land is in very, very good hands. Thank you so much, Carrie and Patrick, for coming on the show. And a special thanks to Patrick for hosting all of us. And thank you, wild listeners, for tuning into another episode. Whether you're from Cleveland or not, 
Here's what you can do to make the most of the show. If you're not already, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite app and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also dive into our endless marketing and business growth resources at hippodirect.com slash blog and hippodirect.com slash newsletter. That newsletter is the Hippo Digest, and it's your weekly recap of creative marketing from all around the web. And last but not least, make sure to say hey on your favorite social media platforms at the handles Hippo Direct and Max Brandstetter. Until next time, let your business run wild. Bring on the bongos! Bongos!